Yo, you're listening to Eminem Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Rivera alongside Mark Moe for episode four. Where you at, Mark Moe? I'm here. How are you doing, Nick? I'm chilling out on this fine afternoon, enjoying this nice April weather. Yeah, it was beautiful out today out here in New York. And it was great baseball weather. Yeah, absolutely. I'm loving this four-game winning streak. I'm loving these Boston L's. It's incredible. Yeah, and the Mets won last night, too. All right, we don't – do we really care about the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> Our viewers might. I don't care. We want Yankees. <laughs> who are the Mets? Mets who? Yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about the uh, Giants and Jets. But before we get into that, um, I think it's good to mention here that if you haven't noticed um, – if you check our logo and the name of our show, we have rebranded since our last episode. Oh we went God. from Rebrand. the MNN podcast to MNN Sports Talk podcast. You like the logo? I'm loving this. I'm loving this official authenticity. We got our own Twitter. We got our own banners. We got our own logos. I'm about to start selling yes. stickers. This is legit. And speaking of our new Twitter, um, for those of you, if you haven't followed us already, go on Twitter and follow us at MN Sports Talk Pod. You can Whoa. tweet us any questions and comments you might have. And if they pertain to our next episode, we'll we'll uh, answer them live on air. What? Technology is crazy. Yeah. I'm with that. So let's dive into the Giants and Jets since, you know, this Thursday night is the NFL draft. Ooh. So – Last season, the Giants are coming off a 5-11 and season, and going into last season, they had a lot of high expectations, especially after drafting Saquon Barkley with a second overall pick and ignoring their quarterback needs. Oh, my, you're one of these guys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so uh, they, they're coming off back-to-back under 500 seasons, and in this past offseason, they let Landon Collins go. They're arguably their best def- uh, defender, and they traded away OBJ to the Cleveland Browns. And then to replace OBJ, they signed Golden Tate. I think it was to a two-year deal. Nah, it was a four-year deal. Four-year deal to Golden Tate. Delicious. And, you know, the New York Jets, they're coming off a poor season as well. They were 4-12. and They had, um, you know, Sam Darnold had his rookie season, the quarterback at a USC. The Jets drafted third overall after trading up from six. And they made a lot of offseason moves. They they, uh, signed Le'Veon Bell. They signed C.J. Mosley. They signed a lot of other solid pieces, too. And, you know, the Look best part bias. about this offseason for Look the Jets. Look at this bias. Oh, my God. The bias. The best part of this New York Jets offseason was their new uniforms. Oh, my goodness. Those trash bootleg. <laughs> no, they're, they're nice. How, how are you going to complain about the jerseys? I mean, I guess. Looking like the bootleg Eagles throwbacks. You can have those. <laughs> I'm good. Looking like a CFL-AAF combo. What are those? Yeah, but, you know, looking looking back um, at the Giants season, you could say a lot of people thought that maybe last year the Giants should have drafted a quarterback, but, you know, instead they elected to go with Saquon Barkley, Let's go. who had a phenomenal, phenomenal year. He went off as a player rookie of the year. That's he, my rookie. He was shattering records left and right. And, um, you know, looking back, maybe the Giants made the right pick at right the time because – you know, they, they haven't had a running game in forever. They finally get Barkley. But now, now, do you think that they have to focus on quarterback moving forward? Because if you think about it, they have literally no one to replace Eli. But um, we'll get more into that later on. Um, Ooh, the tease. I like it. 
And then, like I mentioned earlier with the New York Jets, you know, like I said, the Jets were coming off a 4-12 and season. They didn't really have the same high expectations as the Giants did because they were going into the season with, with uh, Darnold as the rookie. And how would you fare uh, Darnold's rookie season or grade his rookie season? In terms of, are we talking everybody or rookie QBs? I, and I guess rookie QBs. I know you might say Baker Mayfield had the better year, but. <laughs> I mean, just just a little bit kind of <laughs> broke the rookie touchdown record and Sam Darnold led the league in picks, but yeah, they were close. <laughs> I'm going um, to let you decide that one. I'm saying Baker had the better season. I mean, it wasn't a huge sample size. Like Josh Rosen, he didn't, he played like, well, not great because he was on the, you know, the Cardinals doing absolutely nothing. Josh Allen, I'd say was like, okay, mediocre. Kind of didn't really expect too much out of him and the bills. Um, and Sam Darnold was just kind of there, just kind of just thrown in there like, good luck. And I mean, he did better than I thought he did, but he was still, he wasn't really, I mean, he did lead the league, but it wasn't an astronomical amount of picks. Like it wasn't an Eli season of picks, but yeah, but to be fair though, um, you know, Sam Darnold did struggle early on in the season and then he got hurt. But when he came back from the injury, he was, I'm not going to say lights out, but it was like he flipped the switch from the oh, way he looked in go. the beginning of the season to compared to the way he closed out the season. You know what kind of gets me low-key heated? How come everyone's talking about my Giants being a dumpster fire? But we started off 1-7 and seven and still finished with more wins than the Jets. I'm Confucian. We rebuilding and we killing it. Let's grade last season for the Jets and Giants. Right. So real quick, so um, the New York Giants, like we mentioned, came off a 5-11 and 11 season had a high expectations, had playoff expectations. Obviously, that didn't go well as um, as planned. How would you grade the Giants' season last year? Ooh, I mean, they could – they could. the problem with the Giants is, like, everyone rags on them for being so bad, but they their record shows you they were a bad team. They weren't as bad. They're not – they're better than what their record tells you. Like, they lost a lot of games by one possession. A lot of people will tell you that, oh, that's what football is, one possession games. But, like, there's just so many times where the pl- uh, the game came down to one play. For example, Carolina, uh, when, <laughs> when uh, McCaffrey didn't get that first down, and then it seemed like every, every kicker was kicking 70-yard game-winning bombs. Like, after a while, I was, like, getting – I was kind of getting angry. I was like, all right, who, which kicker are we going to lose to this week? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the past two seasons, the Giants were losing a lot of close games, especially with what you were saying with the last second field goals. Like, it was just – it seemed like it was always something. And the, the main problem with them is they could win a lot more games if they didn't fall behind. Like, it made no sense. It seemed like they remembered how to play football in, like, the fourth quarter when they're down by, like, two scores. I was like, I mean, you could have did that in the first, second, and third, but that's none of my business. And the main, the main, main issue with everything, the whole enchilada is the O-line. That O-line is god-awful. Yeah. They signed Nate Solder to <laughs> this monstrous deal, and he was a lemon. They signed uh, that guard, Omame, from the Jags, lemon. And, like, <laughs> no one knows how to block. And it's Saquon is <laughs> being Barry Sanders out there. It's pretty insane. As soon as he touched the ball, there was a dude in his face. And don't even get me started on that defense. But let's worry about one thing at a time. Let's fix that O-line. And then, <laughs> I mean, they did spend, like, a stupid amount of money in the defense a few years ago. They got Janoris. They got um, Olivier. They had – who's the middle linebacker they traded for from the Rams? I can't think of his name. 
Wow, I'm yeah, really blanking on it too. I'm really this guy right now. But they they just spend like all the like they had snacks. They had all these weapons in the defensive end that did absolutely nothing. It kind of was kind of mind boggling to see how inept they were at defense. Ogletree, that's his name. And it looks like they almost gave up too, like about halfway to the end of the season. Yeah, I saw Norris Jenkins getting burnt toast on these routes, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they traded Eli Apple. I was kind of happy about that. He, he's a little bummish, but he, he's pretty solid. But I don't know. He played he, well for the Saints. He play, Exactly. As soon as everyone leaves, they want to play well. I feel like Damon Harrison fell off the face of the earth as soon as he went to Detroit. Um, I, even, I didn't even know if he had a good or great season or even a bad season. As soon as he got traded, I feel like he just stopped existing. And, yeah, I feel like everyone – they they did not play up to their potential at, at all. It was a disappointing season. Not in that they I wouldn't I knew they were gonna be a great team, but just to see how bad they were on both ends when they shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. So what's your grade for the last <sighs> My grade? Uh letter grade. Let me see. Cause there's a lot of people that just played so badly that they brought everyone down. Like, for example, Eli, I didn't think he played that bad. Like, he wasn't great. I would say he's average, but everyone says he needs to retire and get booted, but I'd rather have him than 15 other quarterbacks. But overall, and let me see. Hmm. I'm going to go C minus B plus. It was pretty trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going to have to agree with a lot of your points. Like, I, I do agree that the Giants, like, it seems like the a lot of their losses came in the last second field goals, and if you know, if those kicks went wide, we'd be talking about a different Giants. So they wouldn't be five and eleven. You know, they'd they'd obviously be better. Um, but I have to I have to agree though with the defense. It seems like the defense just didn't play to their full potential last year. It seems like they were disinterested. And then after the Giants were one and seven to start the year, it seems like they just started their vacation early. And the offense really picked <laughs> it up in the second half of the season. It's just the defense. Um, just defense didn't do their part. Like you were saying, you feel like the Giants were coming, um, always trying to come back from behind. And, you know, that that shows that your defense isn't just isn't doing their part. And I remember seeing games. It was like, you know, both teams were in the 30s in the points range. And the Giants, whoever they were playing, it always seemed like like the Giants were putting up numbers in the second half of the season. It's just their defense wasn't making the key stops. But, you know, I do have to disagree with you that, you know, Eli has another couple of years or whatever you were saying before about him. Um you know, Eli, you could say he played well last year, but a lot of his yards and a lot of his, you know, the percentages when when you say, oh, he had a, he threw for, you know, an X amount of yards. He had an X amount of uh, of completed passes, per, um, his percentage. But at the same time, a lot of those passes were, you know, little dump-offs to Saquon Barkley, who took it to the house almost all, every time. Because he didn't have ran time. for 15 to 20 yards. <laughs> he didn't have any time. What do you mean? As soon as, like, you've seen all the, the highlights of him just snapping the ball. He does, like, a play action, and then he has to fall. He, like, falls to the ground because there's, like, three defenders in his face. Yeah, well, I mean, the offensive line definitely needs improvement, but you had four new starters this past season than you had the year before. And, and they were all beams. Still garbage. <laughs> they were all beams. But if you had a QB that can maybe, you know, run around a little bit and throw off his running, throw off his foot, you know, do just be mobile, I feel like you'd be talking about a different team. And no, even with the offensive line that you have now, if the QB was a little bit more mobile, I think he would be fine. Nah, if you put Russell Wilson on that team, they still would have been not a not great team. I don't know about that because also Eli has shown that he cannot throw the deep ball anymore. He, he you can't throw the deep he, ball if you have no time. You need five when he does throw it, they're like wait. ducks all the time. 
Because he's he's throwing off his back foot when there's five people in his face. Wow. Show me the examples of – look up the examples of where he had four or more seconds in the pocket. It was far and few in between. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I'm going to have to give the Giants a grade of – I'm going to say C- minus, like what you were saying. I'm I gonna thought say you were going to disrespect all crazy. Yeah, they're going to get no, like no, a, because, an F. I was like, wow, that's crazy. No, because you, you do have to give them credit for starting off 1-7 and seven and then finishing off 5-11. and 11. So you have to give them some credit. And, you know, like I said earlier, their offense was – was garbage in the beginning of the season, but they wow. definitely they definitely picked it up in the second half. Everyone except Saquon. Saquon was the only consistent player throughout the entire season. My guy. Um, but for the, with the exception of Saquon, you know everyone else. It just seems like the offense didn't do their part in the first half of the year, but then in the second half they really picked it up. So you have to give them credit where credit is due in that part. But you know their defense just didn't show up at all last season, and that's why I have the C minus because if you remember they had the high expectations going into last season. People thought that they were going to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, let me tell you, I saw <laughs> I saw the Jets and Saints game at MetLife this past season, and after that game, I knew <laughs> I knew it was the lost cause. I'm pretty sure it was towards the beginning of the season, and I remember I pulled into the to the stadium. I was running late, of course, always late crew, and I I go before I pull in. I didn't have any cash because I'm one of these guys that doesn't carry cash. I go to the guy. I'm like, before I pull in here and go through this huge airport known as MetLife, do you guys take cash in the parking lots? He goes, yeah, we take or not cash. You take credit cards. He's like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm trusting you, dude. I go through a half an hour to get to the parking lot that's open. I go to the parking line. Guess what it says? Cash only. Yeah. So I had to go to the. <laughs> I had to leave MetLife. Go to the gas station down the road, go to the ATM, pull out $40, go back, boom, I'm there. Guess what? The game already started. Yeah. Guess what? I got a 15-minute walk to the stadium. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm in line for the metal detectors, and guess what happens? Sterling Shepard catches that that touchdown on the like it was like on the goal line and I I was like watch that's gonna be the only touchdown they score and I had to watch it while I'm in the metal detector line and guess what they didn't score another touchdown the rest of the game straight (laughs) field goals and I was like yo this team is trash wow and that was my Giants experience kind of killed my vibe and made me not want to go to another game for the rest of the season but it's a new season my vibe. Is re is re upped. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. And now with the New York Jets, let's grade their past season as well. Um, you know, the Jets they finished the season four and twelve. And like I mentioned before, Darnold started off poorly. Um, like you mentioned, he was he led the um one of the league leaders in interceptions. But yeah. when, he, when he went out with the injury and came back, he really flipped the switch. The offense flipped the switch. And going into the season, the defense was playing um at a very high level. They didn't give up a touchdown at all during preseason. And it was their offense that really let them down a lot this past year um, in the first half of the year. They, there was a stretch where they weren't scoring any points. Like, they weren't scoring any touchdowns for a couple of games, I think it was. Or maybe it was, like, a, a long stretch, maybe, like, a game and a half or whatever. But, you know, their offense didn't really show up in the first half of the year. They really struggled heavily. Um, so I'm going to say that they had I'm, – I'm going to have to say a C-. minus. I think they're in the same boat as the Giants because, you know, like I mentioned, they, their offense didn't show up at all for the majority of the season. Their defense, their defense played well, at, like for the most part throughout the season. But they were suffering from some uh, key injuries, like um, their cornerback from uh, Johnson. He he was a big offseason signing last year, and he went out early. I think it was like the second or third game. He went out with a concussion, and he was out for a couple of games. 
Um, you know, there were there were kind of there were some other people beat up on the defensive end as well. But I think they ended the season with a lot of holes to fill, and I think they they uh, did their best at filling them this offseason. So I'm going to say C minus. I have a tendency to drink the the Jets heaterade, but I'm gonna be unbiased. As I know it's very difficult for me to do. Um, I mean, I can't really blame the Jets for their offensive struggles when you got <laughs> Robbie Anderson as your second option. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if the son of Peyton Manning and Drew Brees is the quarterback. You're not winning a lot of games. Um, and their running back, who that Balad Powell and Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. Poop. And Powell, if you remember, he went out with that scary um, career-threatening injury, too, and he missed the remainder of the oh, season yeah. after Didn't, that. like, his leg explode or something? I, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think he had to do something with his back or spine. Oh, yeah, I remember. I was watching on TV. I was like, ooh, that's not good. But wishing him a speedy recovery. But defense-wise. Oh, was his neck. Oh, yes, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Blah, Powell, shout out to you. You a real one. For defense-wise, I think they overachieved in fantasy especially. They they really hooked it up. Salute to them. New Jack City. But um, overall, mm, let's see. Overall, I'm going to go C, borderline C+. Okay. Just because if, you know, they had – <laughs> if they had like anyone else out there besides Robbie, if they had me out there, I think we could have. I could have got them one more win than Robbie Anderson. Huh. So yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go C, C plus in that little range right there. All right, not bad. So now let's talk about the draft. Oh my god! And this Thursday night, April 25th at 8 p.m., the NFL draft will begin. It's going to be held in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's a few days. Right, it goes from Thursday to Saturday. Was that the draft? It goes from this Thursday to Saturday. Yeah, day one, two, and three, baby. Yeah, and going into the draft, the Giants have twelve picks. Let's go. Two of them are in the first round. They have the sixth overall and seventeenth, and the Jets have six total picks. One in the first round, the third overall. Here we go. Um, so I'll let you start. Give me some um team needs for the Giants. We'll start with the Giants and then we'll when we both talk about the Giants then we'll go into the Jets. So right. give me um what do you, what you think the Giants should target in the draft and right now let's just keep it to the first round. So team needs they always need offensive offensive line help because you know Swiss cheese everybody anybody and everybody gets through. If you see like Sack and Eli boom you're in there. Um but I think this draft because it's so defensive defensive wise loaded on this side of the ball they have to go defense and that's when they're winning Super Bowls that's when that's that's their identity is their pass rush I think that they just pick the best available defensive uh player at number six and then I feel at 17 that's when you start to think about quarterback or 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 you could trade my for my solution for quarterback is to see if you could get whoever is who you like at 17 and or trade for Rosen. I, I, I'm not into the Haskins hype. I think he's going to be Demarcus Russell 2.0. Mm-hmm. That's just me. But I'm, I'm buying into the Daniel Jones hype. I'm really, I'm really with him, but I'm just worried because I feel like the Redskins will be that those guys and pick him at 15. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of like him. I feel like he could be what Loletta should have been, but you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> and 
if they can't get him, I think the primary option would be to get Rosen because I feel like the the Cardinals, even if they don't draft, I feel like they have to draft uh, Murray now just because of all this all this whole charade. They kind of destroyed Rosen on that team. And once you kind of get to this point, I feel like it's better off to just – he needs a fresh start. Like DeAndre Russell in the Lakers, even with the, the swag DP stuff and the Nick Young, it was never going to work and be the same. So you just had to get out of there and start over and look at him now, boom. And I feel like the same thing with Rosen. If you keep him there, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be awkward. Even if you get a new head coach, new GM, they're going to be like, wow, that's kind of crazy. After one year, I'm out of here. Or you didn't want me anymore. And you didn't really give me a chance to prove myself because you gave me one of the worst teams Yeah, in and then football, when they released but, their schedule, right. they didn't even include him in the hype video. And then they redid it yeah. and included him. Didn't like, make what? any sense. <laughs> so they kind of pigeonholed themselves in the drafting Murray. Like, they're try- I guess they're trying to get more trade value. They're like, oh, we want him. I guess they're trying to do a bait and switch where, oh, we want him. So we're going to get more draft value. But now they kind of – they're making – in trying to get more draft value, I feel like they're making it worse and they're going to get less and less. I feel like if they would have just been quiet, they could have got like a first round. But now since like everyone kind of knows and you kind of have to draft Murray, I feel like the best they're going to get is a mm-hmm. second round match. Yeah. And so best case scenario, I say the Giants try to get Rosen if that's not possible. Um, I'm digging some some Daniel Jones or Drew Locke. Okay. That's with the 17th pick? I'm not. Yeah. Because I don't think either of them will be available in the second round. Even though I feel like, I feel like both of them should go in the, in like the late first round, early second, just because of everyone's thirstiness for a quarterback, they're gonna go mid to early first round. But you, even though that's, it's like overreaching. But just because it's a quarterback, not necessarily. But if they take him at at uh, six, that'd be overreaching to the max. Mm-hmm. I feel like. I feel like 17, that's the perfect little area for them where it could be an overreach, but it's like deep enough in the first round where it's not too serious. Yeah. Um, see, now this is where we disagree a little bit. I think the Giants have to draft a quarterback at sixth overall. Um, they need to, they need to lock up the QB who they think best fits the team. And if they pass up on, on QBs in this entire draft, I think you're going to set yourself up for a, a few more years of poor football. And then, and then especially, like, let's just say Eli gets hurt next year, right? Like, who are you going to put in to replace him? You have no legitimate backup right now, and you have no legitimate replacement for the future. So, for me, at number six, um, I'm going to go with either Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins because, obviously, like, I agree with you. I think Kyler Murray is going to obviously go – um, number one overall to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals, like like we were saying, I think they, they did Josh Rosen dirty. They didn't really give him a good enough shot. Um, they didn't really have a team around him other than Larry Fitzgerald. Um, and then when you when you put a young quarterback on a bad team, of course the team's gonna gonna play poor. Look look at look at Sam Darnold with the Jets. The team wasn't great and they played poorly. But when you have a, a good young quarterback on a up and coming team like you had with Baker Mayfield with the Browns, look what happens. He plays well. The team plays well. So I don't think they really gave Josh Rosen a share, um, a share shake in the NFL. And I think it's very evident that they are going to go Kyler Murray one overall. So I do think that if the, if the Giants cannot trade for Rosen, which I think would be the smart thing to do, um, then I think they have to go with the quarterback at six. And like I mentioned, Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins, just a little breakdown. Um, to be honest with you, I think Drew Locke would be the better fit with the Giants for a couple of things. One, 
Um, and if you don't know, Drew Locke played four years with um, Missouri in college. He had 12,193 yards, 99 total touchdowns, 39 interceptions. He completed 56.9% of his college passes, and I believe that went up um, this past year. Um, he has a cannon of an arm, and he would need uh, he would need to sit out a year in order to be in order to reach his potential, in my opinion. Um, just based on a couple things that I that I've read, um, just seeing some of his stats and just different different things that I've noticed with him during throughout some games. And I think the fact that he needs to sit out a year, I think that's the perfect scenario for the Giants because you have Eli for another year, and this would be a perfect way to kind of groom your your young quarterback and get him ready for the NFL when he could follow a guy who's won Super Bowls like Eli Manning. And that way, Eli Manning could get his his uh, his farewell tour or whatever he wants and could go out in the sunset, and the Giants will have a quarterback ready to go for the, the following season. And then with Dwayne Haskins in two years at Ohio State, last year he was a starter. Um, and so in his one year starting, he had he threw for 4,831 yards, had 50 total touchdowns and only eight interceptions, and he completed 70% of his passes. Now, some of the things that, that Dwayne Haskins might have over Drew Locke is his high football IQ. Um, he has a quick arm, but the one knock against him is that he's not a mobile quarterback, and he's you know, he's not really good on his feet when he has to run around in the, um, to try to escape pressure in the pocket. And I think if you were to go Dwayne Haskins, I think that you're just setting yourself up for the same thing that you have right now with Eli, a guy who's not mobile. Um, especially when you have a bad offensive line, you'll just be setting Dwayne Haskins up for failure. So I'm going to go Drew Locke at number six. And then with the 17th pick, I think you have to fix up your defense. Whoever is the best available defender at 17, I think that's what you do at 17. But why do you have – I don't understand the the need to get a quarterback, like, right now. Like, they have – if Eli doesn't get hurt, and he won't because he never you gets hurt. He could play a max – he could play a max this year and at least one more year. He's a serviceable quarterback. He does everything that you need him to do. You just got to give him time just like any other quarterback. And even if you insert – uh, whichever quarterback, it's not really going to make a huge difference if you don't fix the rest of your team. We'll go th- here. Let me just go through some of the most recent picks and let's see what happened. Let's see. 2018, it's still really too early to tell. We'll see. 2017. Uh, let's see. They got Mitch Trubisky with the Who's Bears. Had, who had a great second year. All right. But he's got one of the, he's got the best defense in the one league. One guy and made a difference. Solid offense. One guy what? made a difference. On defense. Uh, yeah, Khalil Mack, I'll take him. Patrick Mahomes inserted in the best offensive uh, offense. He also sat out a year Sean and got Watson. to learn from Alex Smith, regardless okay. of what you think of exactly. Alex Smith as a quarterback, but he still got to learn from him. Exactly, because he was put in the right situation. If you draft, you have to draft the right guy. If you draft a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback, it's not really going to work out. Go to 2016. The Broncos needed a quarterback. They draft Paxton Lynch. Where is he now? Nobody knows. He's missing. He's on the back of a milk carton. Uh, 2015, the Bucks draft Winston. Their team is still dookie, so they're not doing anything. Marcus Mariota, they draft their franchise quarterback. Titans still haven't done anything because their team isn't good. Blake Bortles didn't do anything with Jackson. What do you mean? He was a game away from making it to the uh, championship. Yeah, his team got him there. He's in a he's an average quarterback, so you don't need this superstar quarterback to get you places. You need to have a team 
that's built and balanced because that's what football is. It's a balanced game. It's all about offensive defense. Yeah, but look at the Chiefs. They had no defense and they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. No, that's I disagree but, with. I think they need to go quarterback. You you didn't draft a quarterback last year because you didn't like any of them. And so far exactly. they all look decent. They all look serviceable um as of right, right now. But they got but, and now you're gonna you're gonna pass up on four more QBs this year. Well, they, they didn't draft a quarterback last year for the sake of drafting a quarterback. And guess what they got? They got uh, a rookie running back who's already top five running backs in the league. And he's on his rookie deal, and boom, you could build from that. Yeah, and then look what it got you, 5-11. and 11. All right, you drafted your quarterback, and look what it got you. Yeah, but they also had a lot more holes like in the Giants than no at the time. No, they don't. They have way less holes than the Giants. Well, now, after this offseason. You have off a way better defense. You have a more solid O-line. The only thing you don't have is offensive weapons. And that one, that one you fixed in, um, in one free agency. I think the Giants have to draft a QB at six. Why? I don't understand why you need to draft a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback. Like, there's so many examples of – of teams where they have their quarterback and they still do nothing because their team isn't that great. The Bengals, they got Andy Dalton for all these years. And what have they gotten? No playoff wins. Like there's so many examples of the last the people who won the Super Bowl recently have literally just been like the Seahawks, the the Patriots. Who else has won the Super Bowl in like the last 10 years? Seahawks, Patriots. The Broncos. The Broncos when they had Peyton Manning. Like you, you have most of the time it's going to be a great quarterback leading into the Super Bowl. But guess what? Most of the time, that great quarterback also has a great team built around him. Yeah, but I think you need to have that quarterback, though, in order to start building around him, in order to start building other parts of your team. Without a quarterback, you really have no direction of where to go. Because if you think about it, look at the Jets. The past, what, when was the last time they had a legitimate franchise quarterback? Chad Pennington? Like, back in the <laughs> 2000s? So since then, look at the Jets. They've been mediocre. Regardless, you know, they had a great defense a couple of years ago at Mark Sanchez. And look, they had it for the, the, his, uh, Mark Sanchez's first two years. They made it deep into the playoffs because you had a quarterback and you had a decent team around him. But since Mark Sanchez, um, the Jets haven't been able to do anything. They, you try, they've been trying to build other pieces. They've been trying to build up the defense, um, trying to get some offensive players but without the quarterback you're not going to really do anything and then when you have band-aids like ryan fitzpatrick and um and uh, josh mccown they're good for like one year and then that's it it's a fun exactly. the pen. you need to have that that franchise quarterback before you can really make moves with your team before you could actually start advancing your offense advancing your defense you need to make sure that you have the guy in the middle the quarterback which is the most important position in football yeah, but that's why you also need to make sure it's the guy you want. Drafting a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback, all it does is just waste a pick and just sets you back even further. Yeah, but you're, you're wasting like... time, though. You could have drafted a quarterback last year with the second overall pick, and you could have had him sit out one, two, as three, as many years as you want behind Eli for, his, for if, you, if you want Eli for whatever, how many more years in the future. But regardless, you guys could have drafted a quarterback last year. You didn't. And now you're in a position again this year where you have a top 10 pick and you could potentially draft one of the better QBs in this draft now. And if you pass up on him, that's almost 10 quarterbacks in the past two years. I mean, excuse me, if you don't pick any quarterbacks this year, that's almost 10 quarterbacks in the past two years that you didn't like when who knows how the quarterbacks last year are going to do, you know, moving forward in the future. Who knows how the quarterbacks this year are going to do. But when you let all these quarterbacks go, you're, you're literally running out of time on 
on, uh, you know, with Eli Man. Like you're saying, you can't, you said he never gets hurt. You can't base it off that because he's getting older. He's going to get even, even slower and he's going to get even, his arm strength is going to get even weaker as he gets older. You're, so that's what I'm saying. You're running out of time. God forbid he gets hurt and you need someone to fill in. You know, he, like how you have no one, you have no backup, you have no, no quarterback for the future. And I think it's just going to be idiotic of the Giants to not draft a quarterback again this year. But how are they running out of time if they're not a contender? Like if they, how are they, there's no time to be running because they're rebuilding. So they didn't, what I mean by running out of time. Of all the quarterbacks that they skipped, how many of them are going to be great quarterbacks five years from now? Quarterback is the most important position, but it's also the most position that has the most busts. They have the most positions that they fade away within like two years. Like, go back and look at the last five drafts of all the quarterbacks drafted. There's like maybe like five of them that you could say are like great, good, serviceable quarterbacks. And so last year, the Giants didn't necessarily like the quarterbacks and they didn't see them as the future. If you don't see any of the quarterbacks as the guy you're handing the franchise to, why would you draft them just for the sake of drafting them? You're in a rebuild mode anyway and you're starting from the ground up. So you know what they took? They took the best running back in the last however long, and he's top five in the league already, and he's only going into the second year. Boom, he's fresh off the block. Boom, you got – and he got, he's a passing threat catch. That's why I also believe that that kind of influenced them in the trading Odell. I think when they signed him, they had no intention of trading him. But now they drafted Barkley, and they're like, oh, my goodness, this guy, he could – He's a top five running back, and he's also just a top five dual threat. He could do everything and anything. Like, he's Le'Veon Bell on the Steelers, and you can make an argument that he's better just because the lateral quickness. Every time uh, he touches the ball, he always makes at least the first guy miss. And then going into this year, say you don't like the quarterbacks again. And, I mean, the quarterback class this year isn't as great as last year. So if you don't see any of these guys as the future guy – this defensive class is gonna is so ridiculously loaded. So if you draft if you draft two people in the defense right now, like say you don't like anyone, and you're gonna try to get Rosen, or you're just gonna try to sign someone in the free agency just as a backup, just in case. Boom! Then you just shirt up your defense, and that makes it that much easier for you to insert your quarterback of the future or just a temporary quarterback to do a serviceable job and to get you. There's been times in the past where. Uh, team's least important or um, the player with the least amount of value was the quarterback. And you've seen them go far in the playoffs. You've seen them win Super Bowls because the rest of the team is that good. Yeah, so I mean, but they don't need the a quarterback necessarily right now, right now. They need to sure up the rest of the defense. And when they think they found him, that's, I mean, that's up to the Giants to figure out when they feel like if they draft a quarterback right now and he's not a great fit and it doesn't work out they're just going to be in the same boat so i feel like they should be sure on who they're going to get yeah but you know what i meant by was you're running out of time is that you know you only have eli for one more year and then you have to make a decision whether you're going to re-sign him or not and not only with you're not only running out of time with eli you're also running i know it's early but you're also wasting good prime years of saquon barkley how many more years are you going to waste of him if you're not going to draft the quarterback now Right. And let's say you, you definitely do draft a quarterback next year in the 2020 draft. That's already two years under Saquon Barkley's belt that's been wasted. And let's just say let's just say the quarterback you draft in 2020 isn't ready to start. So you re-sign Eli for one more year. Now that's potentially three more like three full years wasted of Saquon Barkley when running backs already have a short career as it is. You really pissed off one of the best wide receivers in football on Odell Beckham Jr. because if you saw his quote earlier, um, 
your the GM of the Giants, Dave Gettleman, came out and pretty much said that say, uh, not Saquon Barkley, that OBJ was a cancer to the team, and then and then OBJ came out and said that he pretty much said the Giants were okay with losing. And if you go and read the exact quote, it makes it seem like like he's pretty much calling out Eli Manning, pretty much saying that he's not a winner anymore and that he was the main reason why they were losing because they couldn't move on from Eli. I mean, that's what I got from his quote. Um, and let's just say, you know, a couple of years go by and, and you and they didn't draft quarterback now and they're, and they're on the fence next season. You know, how do you know you're not going to piss off Saquon Barkley and, and then you're going to have him requesting a trade and not wanting to be here? How do you know that's not going to happen because of their uh, – inability to move on from Eli Manning well I saw that interaction and just based off that it made me really think that Dave Gettleman and OBJ are both lemons for that like both of them are just being little divas but with OBJ yeah he's arguably one if not the best receiver in the league and he's putting up stats where he could finish his career as one of the top three top five receivers ever play but at the same time since they've drafted him and since he's been this amazing player, they haven't done anything. And wide receiver, I mean, I've played football. I watch football. It's one of the least important positions. Yeah, it's they're nice to have, but you necessarily don't need them to win. Look at all the all-time great receivers who necessarily didn't win. Look at T.O. Look at Chad Johnson. They're, and those are just people I'm just thinking of now. And most of the times, these these receivers, they're going to go to teams that have great quarterbacks and they're going to want to, most of the time, receiver is, is the diva. Like, look at all the, the great receivers. With the exception of, like, a select few, most of them are, are big egos. They take and they're very, they think they're very important. And they, you could see them interacting with the media. You could see their personalities very well. Like, like example, Antonio Brown? Yeah, look at, exactly. Look at it. Like, but take, like, there's very few. Like I said, like, there's a Julio Jones, there's an AJ Green, there's like Jerry Rice, there's Leif Fridge Gerald. Yeah, there's people like that, but there's a lot more majority that are me guys like OBJ. There's Antonio Brown. There's um, T.O. Ran- um, Randy Johnson. That's the pitcher. Randy Moss. <laughs> Randy Moss. <laughs> um, Chris Carter to an extent. Just there's a lot of I don't know what it is about the position, but that that's just like a thing with receivers. And if you look at them, a lot of times they're they they cause like destruction to their team because a lot of times if they're not getting the ball, they're not happy because that's how receivers make their money by getting the ball thrown to them. They yeah. can't throw themselves a the ball, so they got to do something about getting that ball. And I think I I saw I heard this a lot like through different media outlets that with the coming in of Saquon it kind of changed everything because it used to be every the whole offense used to revolve around Odell and I feel like he kind of thrived on that he was in New York and everything whether it was good or bad it revolved around him if it like I felt like when they lost and like Odell didn't get a good game I feel like he kind of liked that he's like see you guys lose when I don't do good and you win when I do great and at the same time you see him like if the Giants win you don't see him in a great mood when they win, but he didn't put up a great stat line. But at the same time, if he if the Giants get blown out, but he puts up 100 yards and two DDs, you see him smiling. So he, he says he wants to win, and he's all about winning. But I, I think, and I have nothing but love for OBJ. That was my guy. But I think that he's he's about winning, but at the same time, he got to get his too. Yeah. But he doesn't want to be winning and putting up uh, – 
pedestrian numbers. He wants to put up like all time numbers. He wants to be the best ever. Yeah, he wants to he wants to do that while winning. He he doesn't want to do that while losing. Like if say he was on the Giants the rest of his career and they never won again, but he uh put up all these stats, I mean I feel like he still wouldn't be happy. I feel like he has to have both. Yeah. But you know, I, I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that. You you're still going defense sixth and seventeenth, right? Not necessarily. I mean, if I wouldn't be mad if they pick up two solid defensive starters. I mean, I, I'd prefer them to get a quarterback, but I don't think it's do or die like I feel like everyone else is saying. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they if they know these two guys are going to be great players and going into the future, they're on the team in like five years as starters. I mean, I think that's a win. Yeah. But, you know, I think that they have to get a quarterback, whether it's the sixth overall or seventh. No. I'd prefer the sixth. Fake news. Man, I don't know. But like I said, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. Fake um, news. So let's move <laughs> forward with the Jets. So, Ugh. you know, the Jets team needs, um, I think it has to be either wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, or edge. Um, but with the third overall pick, I, I think they have to go um, the edge rusher. I think they have to. I think, it, like you were saying, it's a very defensive heavy draft and with the third overall pick I think they have to go edge because that's arguably the best the best all-around players in the draft are are one of the top three picks in either Nick Bosa Josh Allen or Quinton Williams and you can then later on I think obviously fill in the wide receiver o-line tight end needs later on in the draft same with the Giants they could fill in the o-line later on in the draft but I think with the third overall pick I think the giant the Jets have to take whoever is the best available player, in, whether it's Nick Bosa from Ohio State, Josh Allen from Kentucky, or Quinton Williams from Alabama. Whoever is available at three and is the best overall player at third, at the third pick, I think that's who they need to get. Definitely the, one, of the, one of the defensive players. I'm of the mindset that if you're in a position in the draft where you necessarily don't have to draft a specific player, and especially if it's a loaded to a particular side of the ball, that you should try to get a gullible team to trade with you and just gather like a stupid amount of picks and like just fall back. Cause if you're just going to take the best available defensive player in a defensive loaded draft, I say you trade like the third pick for like maybe like a nine and like a whoever amount of pick or like trade back to like, not like don't go crazy far back, but just drop in the, in the draft, get a couple draft picks and just build your team. Because if you're not contending or it's not like a do or die pick. I think that just gathering picks is always the more beneficial move because you could either just bolster your roster, draft people, or you could use that as more trade fodder to get someone else or get another spot in the draft that you need or vice. You could just do a lot. Draft draft picks, especially in the NFL, are one of the hottest commodities just because in like the NBA, there's only really like two uh, draft picks per year. But in the NFL, you could get like star players in like the later rounds build your team just on late like look at the Patriots they do that every year and so I I think that you should just trade back uh get the best defensive player yeah, no, I, I, I see needs. where you're coming from I understand like you know just getting as many picks as you can you could fill in a lot of holes that way but you know look at the you mentioned Mitch Trubinsky earlier look at the um blinking on the Bears look blinking on the name look at the Bears they went from being an a mediocre team Obviously, Mitchell Trubinsky didn't play as well as his first year as he did the second year. But just looking at their defense, they went from being like a, a mediocre average defense to being, you know, a, a game-changing defense just because of one player in Kilo, Kilo Mack. 
if the Jets could get a Khalil Mack or Aaron uh, Aaron Darnold, um, Donald type of player, whether it's Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, or Quinton Williams, if one of those guys could be like a Khalil Mack or, or Donald, that, that could be a game changer for the Jets defense and really like have them take that next step defensively, especially with the addition of C.J. Mosley. You already have Jamal Adams, who's an amazing player, and you have uh, Leonard Williams, too. And who knows, maybe a Nick Bosa or Josh Allen or Quinton Williams elevates the play of Leonard Williams, who hasn't really played up to the, to the, the expectations that a lot of people thought he was going to play up to. So maybe with the addition of one of those guys, it could really turn this defense around. And I think that's why they shouldn't uh, trade down because one player could really make a difference on the defensive side of the ball. One player could make a difference, but at the same time, <laughs> you're also oh, yeah. talking about Khalil Mack here. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, the Bears' defense, they were pretty solid, and I think just adding Khalil Mack, just, it just made everything make sense because it just, it just basically filled the one. Mm-hmm. It was like basically the missing piece. Like and I think I think the the Jets aren't there yet, but I feel like one of those players, like you said, the Nick Bosa's, the Quinn Williams, they'll they'll help. But I don't know if they're gonna be that more beneficial instead of having one great player as compared to maybe like two lesser but still good starters. I don't know. It, I guess it's all up to your discretion. I feel like I would prefer to have the the two. I mean, guess. Uh, hopefully great good starters over or as compared to the the one mm-hmm. great maybe all pro understandable player. all right nick so let's take a look at the giants and the jets season schedule so we'll start with the giants since we've kind of been uh going that route the whole show so let's go right into it so week one for the giants they travel to dallas and play the dallas cowboys what are you thinking for this matchup? I'm thinking to start off the season, I think we're taking home that dub, baby. Yeah, you think so? We're starting off 1-0. We're starting off strong. All right. So you have a win for week one. And for me, uh, I mean, they're traveling to Dallas. I feel like they always play Dallas the first game of the season. Always. Um, I'm going to say a loss in Dallas. Wow. Wow. Dirty. <laughs> And uh, week two, they are home against Buffalo, their home opener. That is light work. Home opener, Bills, easy money. Give me that 2-0. and Yeah, I'm going to say win as well. Um, this could be Eli's last home opener, so I think he's going to put on a show. What is this Eli slander already? <laughs> I knew you couldn't get away without Eli slander. <laughs> and then week three, at Tampa Bay. Hmm. I don't know what it is about Tampa, but they're always handing us L's, and I think we'll get handed an L here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think they're going to lose on the road in Tampa. I think that's where they're going to struggle the most this year, honestly, for the Giants. I think the road games is really where they're going to going to struggle. So I, we're both saying loss here? Yeah, so I'm at 2-1 and one right now. Okay. And then that brings us to week four. I mean, uh, yeah, week four. They are home against the Washington Redskins. What do you think about this? The Redskins, that's more easy money. Give me that dub. Three and one. Starting yeah, I'm, big strong. I'm going to say a win as well. I don't think they're going to win both games against the, the uh, Redskins, but I think they'll definitely win the one at home. Yeah, that's light work. Redskins don't scare me. And especially, do they even have a quarterback? <laughs> Next question. 
Um, all right, so week five, they are home again against the Minnesota Vikings. And for me, I'm going to say a loss to this. I think the Vikings are 10 times better than the Giants are right now. And uh, regardless of what your feelings are, Kirk Cousins or not, if he's a good quarterback or not, but regardless, the Vikings are going to come into MetLife and come out with a dub. I don't know, man. The Vikings don't – I mean, the Vikings scare me a little bit, but Kirk Cousins, no way, man. <laughs> if If the Giants could – Shut him down early. I think they have a good shot of winning. I'm gonna be that guy and say a dub. All right, so four and one. Let's go. <laughs> and then that brings us to week six. They travel. This is Thursday night football, mind you. They travel to New England and pay and play the Patriots. And I'm gonna say a loss. Yeah, it's a fat L right there. It's not yeah. a Super Bowl, so we only beat them <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then week seven, home against the Cardinals. I'm going to say a win. Now, mind you, Kyler Murray might be the starting quarterback, but he might not be. But either way, I'm going to say a. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to win this game. That's another easy dub. <laughs> Cardinals poop trash. So what? I don't even know what I'm at. Five and two, six and yeah, two? you're at five and two. Five and two. Let's go. Look at this season. And I'm at three and four. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> And then that leads us to week eight. They travel to Detroit and play the Lions. I'm uh, going to say – this is a tough one. I'm going to say loss just because, geez, you know, I no think that fate. they're going to – I think that they're going to struggle on the road. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're going to just collapse. They're going to be up by, like, 20 and just, like, quack. So, I'm going to say now right there. And plus, I mean, this probably has nothing to do with, like, with football, I guess, but – if you didn't know, Matthew Stafford's wife was going through a traumatic brain surgery because I think she had a tumor in her brain or she had a tumor somewhere. Oh, my goodness. I think that uh, I think Matt Stafford's going to come out this season and probably we'll probably see the best Matt Stafford that we've seen so far just because I feel like he's more motivated because of everything that's going on. But thankfully, she's OK. Dang, I didn't know all that. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And then week nine, Monday Night Football, home against the Cowboys. I'm going to say a win. Um. I think they're going to split the series with the Cowboys as well, but they're not going to win the first one in Dallas. But this one they'll win, I think, at home. Week 9, Monday Night Football. They're going to show up and play really, really well against these Cowboys. Yeah, the Giants, they never give me what I want. They can never sweep the Cowboys. And so I also think they're going to split the series. But since I had them winning the first game, I have them catching a fat elf today. <laughs> And then that brings us to week 10, a game that I hope that we can both go to. Um, Sunday, November 10th, it's a home game for the Jets. But the Giants will play the Jets Sunday, November 10th at 1 p.m. week 10. I'm going to say a loss for the Giants. Whoa, you're bugging. That's a dub for the Giants. Yeah, okay. It is not Jets town. It's <laughs> Giants town, baby. And then week 11 is the Giants' bye, so that brings us to week 12. They travel to Chicago and play the Bears. I'm going to say this is a crisp L. Yeah, that's a crispy L. <laughs> no argument there. Yeah. And then week 13, they are home against Green Bay, and I think they are also going to lose this game and have a three-game losing streak heading into week 14. That's, a, that's another crispy L. Yeah. And then week 14, we, they travel to Philly and play the Eagles. I'm going to say a loss again another and extend L. that losing streak to four. I, I'm on a three-game skid. That's another L. 
week 15 they're home against Miami I think this is where they'll cut the losing streak and get back on the winning track I have them winning home against Miami yeah they they better win this game <laughs> so just because <laughs> of the Dolphins I'm gonna say it's a W and then week 16 they travel to Washington and play the Redskins once again what do you have I don't know. I want to say they're going to win, but the Giants are going to giant. So I think that's they're. I feel like they're going to start off strong. Like I had them at five and two, and I think they're just going to just do very poorly to like the rest of the season. So I think they're just going to end the season like basically with the only starting at the the Jets. I feel like they're going to lose against the Bears, Packers, Eagles, win against the Dolphins, and then just lose it to take this out of the Reds. Yeah, and I also have them losing because of, uh, like I said earlier, I think they'll split with the Redskins, but they're going to win the one at home during week four. But here at week 16 in Washington, I think they're going to lose as well. And then that leaves us at week 17, home against the Eagles. I have them losing this one as well. Oh, yeah. End that season on a on a poor note. Oh, yeah. Catch that out. So what do you have the Giants at right now? I even lost track. Hold on. Let's see. Got the Cowboys. One, two, three. No, no. I have two and one. Three and one. Four and one. Four and two. Five and two. Six and three. Six and four. Seven and four. Seven and five. Seven and six. Yeah, I have them eight and eight. Eight and eight. I have the Giants at five and eleven. Oh my goodness! Look at this blasphemy! Look at this haterade you're sipping on. Haterade. I'm just trying to be logical here with the Giants. Logical. You're illogical right now. You're the one that thinks they're gonna go five hundred after having two dis- disastrous seasons. Oh my goodness! The haterade. The, the <laughs> saltiness is showing right now. But watch. Now <laughs> the Jets are gonna somehow be. Uh, what are they gonna be? Twelve and four. We'll see. I already know the bias. Here it comes. Right, well, let's see. So now let's take a look at the Jets schedule. Oh, I'm I'm excited to see you put them <laughs> at 13 and 3 right now. So the Jets open up the season home against Buffalo. I think this is a win. Oh, I don't know. I wanna I wanna be disrespectful right now, but they're the Bills, so I see them taking a W. The Jets taking a dub? Yeah, the Jets taking the dub. All right. Then in week two, they are home. This is Monday Night Football. OBJ makes his MetLife return. They are home against the Browns. And I'm gonna. this might shock some people, but I have the Jets winning this game. I think the, uh, the Darnold slash Baker Mayfield, I think that's going to be a, a rivalry moving forward. And I think they're both going to just be amped up to play this game. And I think Darnold's going to play out and ball out. And I think the Jets are going to come out on top. The Browns, they don't scare me. I don't buy into this hype where they're this all-great team after one season where they had, like, what did they have, six or seven wins? Yeah, I think so. Something like, like that. Wow. They went from winning one game in two years, and they won seven and one. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. So, I, I have – Yeah, they were seven, eight, and one last year. What? They were seven, eight, and one last year, yeah, the Browns. That, that don't do it for me. One season of going from one win to seven, wow. So, no, nope, I'm not buying the Browns just yet. They got to do one more season of decent football, then I'll buy the Browns hype. But right now, they're catching that L of the Jets. All right, so we so far we're both 2-0 and with the Jets. And that brings us into week three. They travel to New England and, and play the Patriots early. 
And I'm going to say this is going to be an L. I think, to be honest with you, I think the Jets will split the series against the Patriots, but they're not going to win the one away. L here. Two and one. Yeah. And then that leads us to week four, which is their bye week, which I think this is where the Jets kind of got a little screwed. Their bye week comes so early, and then they literally have no breaks the rest of the year, which could be very, very uh, strenuous for these players. You're mad. (laughs) They're catching this out of the Eagles, baby. In week five, they travel to Philly. You're saying they're going to lose to the Eagles? Two and two. Yeah, I'm going to say a loss, too. I think that – you know, they're going to, they, I, like I said, I think they're going to lose the Patriots. They're heading to their bye week. And then even with the little extra rest, I think, I don't think they're going to be able to come out on top in Philadelphia. Um, that leads us to week six. They are home against the Cowboys. And to be honest with you, I think they could come out on top in this game. I, they could, but I don't think they will. Ow. All right. The reason why I think that is because they're going to be coming off two road losses, including a, um, a week off in their bye week in week four. And I think they're going to do really well at home this year. Like the Giants, I think they're going to struggle a little bit on the road, but I think they'll do a better job than the Giants just because I think their roster is a little bit better than the Giants. Um, But overall, I think the Jets are going to come out and and snap their quick little two-game losing streak and come out on top in Dallas. You might have thought. They're starting off (laughs) two and three. Well, that leads us to week seven, Monday night football, home against the Patriots. And this is where I think they're going to come out on top. Like I mentioned earlier, that – I think that they're going to split the series, but I think they'll definitely come out on top here. Another L. <laughs> you have them on a four-game losing streak. I do. So I got okay. them at, what, two and five now? Two and four. Yeah, you're right. And I'm at four and two. All right, two and four. And that brings us to week eight. They travel to Jacksonville and play the Jaguars. I, this is where I think that they can get a win. Yeah, I think they'll snap their winning streak and beat the Jaguars. Nick Foles, that don't do it for me, Chief. Yeah, and I think their defense has just been a little depleted, especially after last year. <laughs> yeah, um, so. three, three and five so far. Then we head into week nine. They stay in Florida. They play the Miami Dolphins. I think this is, uh, I think this is going to be an easy win for them. I, this is Adam Gase's return to Miami, and I think they're gonna, the Jets are going to come out on top here. Yeah. And I have them currently on a four-game winning streak after week nine. I think uh, I think eyeballs comes in and he <laughs> he sweeps the floor with his former team. So I think I have him winning here. And then that brings us to week ten. Like I mentioned when we were talking about the Giants, I hope that we can both go to this game. This is a home game for the Jets, but they play the Giants, and I see the Jets coming out on top and extending their winning streak to five. <laughs> it's a home game for the Jets. It's a home game for both of them. You get your own stadium, you know. But I see <laughs> the Jets catching the fattest L of 2019. Wow. Now you said I'm biased. What do you mean, Sway? I I gotta keep gotta keep my consistency. If the Giants <laughs> are winning in the Giants schedule, the Jets are losing in the Jets schedule. Yeah, yeah. Then we have week eleven. They travel to Washington. I think they could come out on top in this game. Yeah, the Redskins, they don't even have a quarterback, so I'm gonna go with the Jets here. Yeah, and that's I now currently on a six game winning streak for the Jets. Um, <laughs> I'm not biased. 16 <laughs> winning streak after winning, what, four games? I guess so. Well, it's a different team now. It's a different roster. They have more talent on offense. Their defense got an addition. Their defense is already good. Now they got a bonus in C.J. Mosley. Who knows who they're going to get in the draft? But Oh, my goodness. Get me out of it. Put me to bed. Well, they signed brings... a running back who hasn't played in this season, and now their offense is bolstered. Get me out of here. <laughs> 
Um, that brings us to week 12. They are home against the Oakland Raiders. And the I think, Raiders. I think they will win this game, but they will quickly catch a nail in week 13. But what do you have for week 12? I see them beating the Raiders. Uh, Antonio Brown doesn't make the Raiders any better, so I hmm. got the Jets beating them. And then week 13, like I mentioned, I think the Jets will snap their um, seven-game winning streak and lose to the Bengals in Cincinnati. Yeah, I think they're catching a, a fat L to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then week 14, they are home against Miami, and I think the Jets are going to sweep the series against Miami. I think they're going to come out on top, and I think Adam Gase is going to get his revenge. The power of eyeballs. He will <laughs> sweep the Dolphins. So that's another dub right there. Yep, and then week 15, they travel to Baltimore and play the Ravens. This is Thursday night football. This is going to be a tough game, honestly, because, you know, the Ravens have a good defense. They played well last year when um, when they switched to their rookie quarterback. And, you know, I'm going to say the Jets are going to lose this game. I think Baltimore is just a better team overall. Yep. Baltimore, catching that dub. Ravens, they're going to show up, and they're going to squash you. So, Jets catching another L. <laughs> and then that brings us to week 16. The Jets are home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is where Le'Veon Bell can get his revenge. I think he's going to go absolutely bonkers in this game, and I think bonkers. the Jets are going to come out on top. Oh, he's going bonkers. Whoa, watch out. Ben Roethlisberger just got his extension. So yeah, I just saw that. Him without Antonio Brown, without Le'Veon, I don't know. They still got Juju. For some reason, I just see the Steelers catching this dub. Okay. And then that brings us to our season finale. The Jets in week 17 are home against Buffalo. I mean, excuse me. They travel to Buffalo. Excuse me. So in Buffalo, and I think it's going to be another good game, Josh Allen against Sam Darnold. But I think the Jets just have a better roster than the Bills. So I have the Jets closing out with a W. Unlike the Giants, I think the Jets will, you know, end the season on a positive note. And they'll catch this W. (laughs) So what do you have for the Jets? Oh, goodness. Well, I don't know why I don't keep track of this. Hold on. <laughs> win. That's two That's wins. Bum. All right. All right. That's three, four. Well, I have him at 12 and four. It might be a little reach, be a little bit of a reach, but I think it comes down to how well Sam Darnold plays. And if he is going to be able to flip the switch the way Mitchell Trubinsky has, the way Jared Goff has, I think the Jets have a good shot at being a very said, good team this year. I can't believe you just said the Jets are going to go 12. They're going to go from four wins to 12 wins. This is outrageous. And literally five minutes ago, you said you were laughing when I said, watch, you're going to put them at 12 and four. I am out of here. They're an <laughs> eight and eight, nine and seven team. So what do you have them at? I mean, you just, you was, I, I got so, I'm so flustered right now. I can't even think straight because you said the Jets are going to win 12 games. That I lost. Well, I was going through the schedule again, and you just threw me completely off. Well, <laughs> luckily for you, I'm, I wrote it down, but I was counting mine before when you were counting. Thanks. You, you have them also at eight and eight. So you have the Jets and the Giants both going eight and eight. I have the Giants going five and eleven, and the Jets going twelve and four. Now I think the I think the Jets they could sway more towards the win. I have them at eight and eight, but I could see them being nine and seven. But and I have the Giants eight and eight, but I could see them going seven and nine or six and ten. Okay. So I have the Jets. I have them baseline eight and eight, and Max have them at ten wins, like plus two. And the Jet- Giants, I have them um, best case scenario eight and eight, but have a minus two. So worst case, maybe like a six and ten.
Okay. And this guy well, has the Jets at 12 and 4. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, the let's. Bias. <laughs> the the bias. bias. Oh. You just can't Cannot accept believe. that the Jets made good moves this offseason. Good moves. <laughs> <laughs> Put me to bed. Well, I can't believe this guy. Let's lock that in, and uh, we'll see how let's it goes. not lock that season. in. You might want to redo that one. Jets are 12 <laughs> and 4. You'll no, be surprised. All right, if they go 12 and 4 or get 10 plus wins, then what? You're going to apologize on the podcast for making fun then of Then I'll apologize. But when the Jets, when the Jets get six wins, I want, I want to come back to this podcast and I want you to go through each dub that you gave them. All right. I will. We'll do right. that. You're already here first, folks. <laughs> Jets are 12 and 4. I'm looking forward to it. But thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode four of. MN Sports Talk Podcast. For Nick Rivera, I'm Mark Morales. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MN Sports Talk Pod. Leave us questions or comments throughout the week. And if they pertain to our next episode, we'll answer them on the show. So thanks again, everyone. Have a great rest of the weekend. Let's see what happens at the draft. 12 and 4. <laughs> this is Jetstown. Town.